Welcome to Bite by Bite Nutrition for Life, a broadcast of Purdue University Extension, where we cut through the hype, explore the science behind food and nutrition, and provide practical tips for incorporating healthful strategies into everyday life. Hello again, it's Tanya and Monica back again with Bite by Bite Nutrition for Life. I hope that you enjoyed our last episode on alternative foods as much as we did. There is so much to unpack from that episode. There are so many new products on the market, it can be really hard to determine what products are quote-unquote healthier. But first, let's take a step back and define some of the terms that were used on that last episode to make sure that we are on the same page. So number one, you heard the term bioavailable or bioavailability. So this is simply a term to describe how easily your body can absorb a certain nutrient. For example, in a previous episode, we talked about supplements and how nutrients found in their natural food state are typically more bioavailable and absorbed better than nutrients found in supplement pill or powder form. Number two, a term we heard was the nutrient matrix. So this is the entire nutrient profile of a food, not just the select nutrients that happen to be measured and listed on our nutrition facts label. Number three, we heard the term metabolites. So these are the end product of metabolism. So how is your body able to break down, digest, and metabolize the food you consume? Different food produces different metabolites and nutrients that are more bioavailable produce more metabolites for your body to use. And then lastly, we talked about a standard of identity. So this is actually part of a food regulation and making sure that if a product is given a particular name, that it is produced within certain standards. Many, many items have a standard of identity, um, such as milk chocolate, bread, and ketchup. So you know that if you're purchasing something um, with those names, that they are going to follow within a certain standard. And lastly, we can't talk about alternative foods without clarifying what we mean. So by alternative foods, we mean plant-based foods that are meant to be a substitute or replace typically animal-derived products. So for example, think of an Impossible Burger, which is a plant-based quote-unquote burger instead of a regular beef hamburger, or oat drink instead of milk. As health professionals, we should never suggest someone eat less plant foods in their diet. However, if you look at the labels of some of these plant-based alternatives, you start to wonder, so what is the actual plant in there? This is why we encourage you to read the ingredients list on the food label to determine what the source of plant truly is. You know, Tanya, we've heard several of our guests talk about this theme, too, about reading the food label, like you just mentioned. And I know that is one thing I always tell people when they're like, should I eat this or not? And I'm like, I don't know, flip it over and read the food label. And I think that annoys some people sometimes when I'm always like, read the food label. But the food label is really the best way for us to tell what is in our food and what is the nutrient content of that food. And on episode six, um, Abby and myself broke down that food label and what you should look for. So I'm not going to repeat all that, but when it comes to comparing these alternative products to the actual product, um, so that that plant-based burger versus the uh, beef burger, it's important to look at the carbs, fat, and protein to um, when you're at the top part of the list to determine if those are the same or better. Uh, but don't forget to go all the way down to that bottom of the label and read the ingredients list. And this is where the true story is with a lot of these plant um, alternatives. If we're, if we're substituting one ingredient, beef, let's say in that burger, with something that has 10 or 15 ingredients in it, are we really making a better choice? And depending on your goals, maybe, 
but maybe not. And so this would be an excellent place to pause here and challenge you to ask yourself, what really is your goal and why? Is it for health? Is it for religious reasons, convenience, taste preferences? Maybe it's just simply a fad to follow. And is the plan you are putting in place actually helping you achieve your goal? I love that, Tanya. Is this helping us achieve our goal? Because we do a lot of things that maybe aren't. And we mentioned, too, that we would never encourage less plant-based foods in someone's on someone's plate during a meal because more plants is better for us. However, there's another common theme we're hearing, and it's the importance of balance and variety in our meals. And while as Americans, we're not eating enough fruits, vegetables, and whole grains, they still play an important role in our diet when it comes to animal proteins and dairy. So if you're following a vegan or vegetarian lifestyle, you may be missing out on some of those crucial nutrients. And I really want to touch base on some of those nutrients that are missed if you're skipping animal products. Because some people choose to follow this uh, lifestyle, and that's perfectly fine. But we need to make sure we're getting these nutrients that mainly come from animal products um, when we're following that diet. So iron, zinc, calcium, vitamin D, and vitamin B12 are the main ingredients that we're missing if we're excluding animal products from our diet. So iron is significant for children, teens, and women of childbearing age or pregnant. So heme iron specifically is only found in animal products. You will not find heme iron in any other food. And heme iron is the iron that's in our body that carries oxygen in the blood. <laughs> so you will find non-heme iron in plant foods, and this can be converted to heme iron within our body, but we talked about that bioavailability earlier and utilizing it. So that non-heme iron is less bioavailable in those plant foods and is more difficult to consume enough plant foods to get all that iron you need. So having a plant or an animal product to get that heme iron is a good choice, but you can still get your iron from other options if necessary. Zinc is the other one, or one of the other ones, and it's essential for growth and immunity. <laughs> its bioavailability in plant foods is limited, so you would actually need to have 50% higher intake of plant-based foods to get that zinc than you would need from, plant, uh, from animals. So again, you can get it from those plant-based foods, you're just going to need to eat quite a bit more to get it. Calcium, we all know it's imperative for bone development, but one of the things I think we often forget about is muscle contraction. And calcium plays a crucial role in muscle contraction. And I always like to say there's one very important muscle right here in our chest, our heart, uh, that needs to keep contracting. And so calcium is very important for that. And plant foods do have some calcium in them, but it would take a very large amount of plant foods to meet that daily calcium needs. And so one of the foods, which I just saw the other day too, it's getting touted for protein, but one of the foods that often gets touted for calcium is broccoli. And I always tell people, okay, fine, if you want to get your calcium intake for broccoli, that's all good and well, but you are going to clear out a room from the gas you have from eating that much broccoli in order to get your calcium requirements from broccoli. Of course, if you're lactose intolerant, you're probably going to clear out a room too if you consume dairy, so I guess you need to pick, uh, again, that goal, which goal do you have here in order uh, to get those nutrients. Vitamin D is needed to absorb that calcium we just talked about, and it's only available from the sun and animal products. And the animal product it's mainly available in is your liver. That's where it naturally comes from. And not too many people are consuming liver meats. Um, but as we already talked about, dairy products are fortified with vitamin D. But again, that is an animal product. So if you're excluding that, you may need to take a supplementation. 
Uh, vitamin B12 makes our red blood cells and maintains our mental function. So a lot of people talk about B12 and energy, and it's not so much energy it's giving you necessarily, but it's that mental function and clarity uh, that you might need. And B12 you can find nowhere else but in animal products. So if you're, again, excluding animal products from your diet, you might need to seek out another way to get that. And then there's an obvious nutrient that we get from animal products that's more available to us than plants, and that's protein. Protein has many roles in our body, but I think that we might want to save that for another episode because I could go on and on about the importance of protein in our diet. So if you do follow a vegetarian or vegan eating plan that limits or completely eliminates animal products, please be sure you're working with a registered dietitian to make sure you do not become deficient in any of these nutrients we just talked about um, that are mostly exclusive to animal-based foods. Okay, now folks, Monica, folks might be listening to us, Monica, and thinking that we're like really pushing the animal products when their heart doctor or their other, you know, healthcare professional might be telling them to cut back on their meat. But um, I guess I would point out a couple things. Monica always likes to call us out on our portion, portion control and knowing that it doesn't take a very large portion of these animal products to get the nutrients we need. But it's also about that balance. So we still want to encourage you to fill up on the fruits and the veggies and the whole grains in addition to the protein and the dairy so that we can get all of the vitamins and the nutrients we need. So instead of spending time trying to make our food something it isn't, let's just focus on eating a variety that allows us to get all of the things we need. And we can remember the words, the wise words from Amy, that the food on your plate is all about the company it keeps. And so when sitting down for a meal, we can think first about what vegetables um, we want to have and then add our protein source as opposed to the flip side that a lot of us think about. We think about the protein or the entree first and the vegetables are kind of like an afterthought. Um, So instead of the protein being the star of the show, let us have it be the company of those veggies are keeping. So we hope you found this digest helpful. If you have questions or just want to give us a shout out, hop on over to Facebook or Instagram where you can find us at Bite by Bite Nutrition for Life. Until next time, remember to ask questions, challenge the myths, and stay true to you.